0: Welcome back into another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eccle. This is episode 61. I am your host, Carter E. Joining me, as always, is my producer, once again from the other side of a computer screen, Jeff Mulvihill Jr. of InstaImage.com. Jeff, we've uh, avoided some snow here for the last couple days. I don't know about, know about you, but it's been nice to actually see some blue sky around, around these parts. Uh,
1: it's, fant- it's still cold, but it's been it's fantastic. Still cold. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to not be shoveling snow.
0: Absolutely, and I know that allowed uh, some of our teams that hadn't been able to get out of town, uh, actually get out of town this past weekend. Um, For instance, Carson Wrestling was unable to travel uh, prior to this weekend, so two weekends ago. Uh, However, last weekend they were able to get to two different places as uh, they had sent their girls wrestlers to uh, the Mid-Cal tournament in Gilroy, California, excuse me, and then the boys were in the Placer duels, so we have results there. Um, for Douglas wrestling, they headed over to Fernley, where they took part in the uh, Vaquero Classic. We'll start with the Carson girls from Midcals. There, uh, of course, they have continued to be a story for the Senators. Uh, Ella Olson at 150 pounds was second in her weight class. Amber Perkins was third. At 116 pounds, there. Uh, I actually have interviews set up with both of them to talk about their seasons and really their their Carson wrestling careers, because um, they've both been very impressive. I've known, you know, been covering Amber since she was a freshman. Obviously, you know, we could take, as always, take some some uh, asterisk with the the COVID year, but uh, I know, you know, she she was she was doing big things uh, as a freshman and was able to. To be one of the first uh, wrestlers, I think I wrote a feature story on out here. Um, and so she was third at the mid is in 116-pound weight class, as I said. Uh, I think outside of finishing third as, as an accomplishment, Perkins actually bounced back in the... Uh, she won her first-round match in 38 seconds via fall uh, and then lost via the pin uh, to a girls wrestler from uh, Granada, who she ended up beating to take third place. Uh, there, so pretty impressive for her to bounce back with a, uh, bounce back from a loss with a pin in 2:24 over the same opponent. Uh, once she fell into the consolation side of things, it was it was pretty easy rolling for Perkins, who had pins in 58, 59, and a minute 34 there in her three consolation matches leading up to third place. Like I said, that third place pin came in two minutes and 24 seconds. So another uh, pretty impressive tournament for. Amber Perkins there. Elle Olson again, is showing that she is capable of being one of the top wrestlers anywhere she goes. Uh, she took advantage of an opening round bye to pick up a major decision win um, via 10-2 result uh, to go into the finals where she fell by fall uh, to a wrestler from Gilroy. Um, that was in, in 16 seconds there. So two good results for Ah, uh, Carson girls wrestlers there in the Placer duels, which will have results in the Nevada appeal. Carson beat Bear River in Yuba City, uh, 63-9 over Bear River, and 63-18 over Yuba City. Also beat host Placer 33-32 and Nevada Union 42-39 in uh, route to a fifth place finish. They lost on criteria 49-49 to Casa Robles. That's the second loss um, on criteria for Carson wrestling this season, as far as duels go. Um, so right,
1: I, I got to back you up a little bit. What does criteria mean?
0: You know, I was going to hope you weren't going to ask oh, that okay, question. Then I have
1: another question that you will know the answer. What's the difference. <laughs> and I, I had this question when we were at the, the try meet with, with, uh, Minogue Carson and Reed the other night, what's the difference between a fall and a pin?
0: They're the same thing. It's just interchangeable words. Okay. Um,
1: Because they were, whereas when they were announcing, they were saying pin versus fall. And I'm like, I don't understand the difference because it looked the same on the mat.
0: Yeah, they are. They're the same thing. Um, Just, just interchangeable words. Criteria. I imagine is, I mean, criteria is going to be a tiebreaker. What that tiebreaker is. I imagine could probably be different depending on where you are and what the tournament setup is like as at a, at a dual meet, I'm imagining they're they're trying they're not trying to wait around, so that could be a different um, different set of criteria there. My guess it would be uh, pins or fall <laughs> as to how they how they decide that. Um, but you know, I could be I could be wrong there. That is something that I imagine varies from from place to place. Anyways, over to the uh, Vaquero Classic where Douglas had um, another nice performance as well. On the team score side of things, they were fourth with 173 points, finishing just behind Fernley, Fallon, and Battle Mountain um, out there in Fernley, as I've said already. Uh, they Douglas Wrestling continues to have impressive and consistent results at some of their heavier weights this season. However, a lot of fourth-place finishes from their lower weights out in Fernley. Uh, at 106 pounds, Ella Cavanaugh, who's a freshman, she took fourth picked up uh, a couple wins there after receiving an opening round by uh, Gunner Bleeker was also fourth at 113 pounds. He had an opening round by and then went three and three the rest of the tournament, excuse me, four and two the rest of the tournament, falling to Dakota Diamond twice out of Galena. Uh, at 126 pounds, Captain Victor Valdez used two, excuse me, three ran, wins in a row to start all via pin um, before falling in his third place match to take fourth there. At 157 pounds, Dalton Nixon was fifth. He went three and two. Every single match there ended via the pin. Kane Klein was fourth at 165 pounds. He went three and excuse me four three and two after an opening round by. Sometimes these. Uh, Results are a little tricky to to follow and and read aloud. It's much easier to write <laughs> write down than they are to read aloud. Here, uh, Jackson Nixon had a third place finish. He has continued to uh, be pretty much a consistent podium finisher at these these tournaments this season. Uh, he won his third place match in 58 seconds. So an impressive tournament there for uh, senior captain Jackson Nixon. Aaron Kanzik was second as well for the Tigers. He was three and zero with his longest match lasting 2 minutes and 35 seconds before falling by major decision to Nicholas Glass from Fernley. Uh, and that was Sage AD, who has continued to have a solid season, is now 27-7 and seven at 215 pounds. He was second place as well, another 3-1 and result there before falling in the finals to uh, Heath Doering of Galena. So fourth place finish for Douglas Wrestling at a pretty... Pretty loaded wrestling tournament there. I know they are coming home soon for another home meet. So wrestling side of things there, we will, we're will we getting close to regional tournament time on the, the wrestling side of things. I know that is coming up here shortly. So uh, definitely be sure to stay tuned to those results in uh, the paper as always. Do we want to? Do we want to even touch on this NIAA board of control meeting from this past week before I dive into dive into hoops? Because
1: the um, cliff notes is actually quite funny. They I didn't think, decide anything. Nothing. Yeah,
0: I think I think the best way I can describe it was said by somebody on the board itself, which quote, "Are we really going to have another meeting where we don't get anything done?" End quote. And uh, you know. You gotta enjoy and appreciate when companies, or uh, I guess in this case, associations that you're frustrated with, uh, admit the quiet part out loud. Because we're all sitting here saying, "Like, why? Why can't this get done?" And they they're saying it themselves. Um, There's a whole new proposal on the table for football,
1: which they didn't even bring. Well, they briefly, kind of on the fringes, brought it up during the meeting. They didn't directly yeah. talk it.
0: Yeah, and uh, Oasis Academy got shut down, dropping to 2A from 3A, I believe. Excuse me, from 1A to 2A. Douglas's appeal from 5A to 3A, Dunzo. Um, There was briefly a touch on splitting Class 5A into, like, three different divisions between an open division, Division 1 and Division 2, which would obviously be equally separated with schools from Vegas. Yeah. I don't know, man, maybe just stick to one proposal and figure out how that one proposal can work instead of every meeting coming back with a new one. Because somebody inevitably goes, well, I didn't know about that, and then they shut it down. And I don't know, I just, I feel like, I feel feel like fleshing out (laughs) the old way would have been just fine. They were pretty close (laughs) to the old way. And, you know, all jokes aside, I know I'm sitting here giggling, but now... Now they gotta. Now they're gonna have issues scheduled for football. The next meeting is until March. Uh, they got, they've got, they've got to figure out when, when, are they, when are they gonna get these schedules done? Because right now, football teams don't have, in, at least in five A, don't have a league schedule. So how are they gonna schedule out of league games? How are they gonna know who they can schedule for the first three weeks? Are you gonna play nine league games this year? You're gonna go two leagues and play five league games this year? What are they gonna do? And nobody knows. And so I, the, the, the way I see this playing out is we probably just end up repeating exactly what we just did this past year. 5A probably looks exactly the same other than the addition of Hug. Um, and then I guess they got to figure out what to do with and North Valleys. <laughs> the rest, the rest is a, a mystery that I'm not even sure a Magic 8 ball could tell you the answer to.
1: Guess I don't understand. you You look at something like girls soccer in the north, and they moved everybody to four a. And it was largely not even discussed. And this five oh, yeah. a north football thing has become the big to do about the whole thing. It seems like the whole thing is unraveled their idea of the rubric and the scoring, and it's like you just you're ignoring all of that. So why did you go through all that trouble in the first place if you're just gonna not make a decision?
0: Yeah, I think that was the question I asked two weeks ago when we talked about it um, and really it doesn't seem like the problems with any of the other sports for whatever reason football seems to have a different line of demarcation or a different standard for everybody involved. I don't know why football is such a the arguments that are I've been that I've heard for football are the same arguments you could have made for any other sport, right? Yeah. What if they drop down, they being whoever you want to pick. What if they drop down and dominate? Well, how many how many Reno Boys soccer teams dropped down to three A? <laughs> Jeff, we had Douglas went down, McQueen went down, Minogue went down. Um I think I'm missing one, too. There were quite a few teams that dropped down to three A and
1: one, and you had the other teams go up and they were competitive. Yeah. So and it, they it, were competitive. They worked. And,
0: and now a lot of those teams that dropped to three A are back in five A. It is just one point. Well, guess what? We can't even make progress on one point in football because it just it's somebody's got an issue with it. And now the South is telling the North to kick rocks, and which doesn't help anything. I mean, <laughs> there's the lack of compromise is truly baffling. Um, I just don't understand why it's got to be this difficult. And at the end of the day, as we said two weeks ago, and as you read in my story talking to Douglas football uh, administration folks when their appeal got rejected, we're talking about high school kids. we got a bunch of adults that can't figure out the system in which high school kids can just play athletics. And last I checked, this wasn't about winning. This was never about – I mean, I guess we're talking competitive balance, so in some sense it is about winning. But it's not. Like, only one team – or five teams can win a state title like it's just and until gorman goes into a division of its own why does the rest of it matter
1: well and i i know we a lot of the sports just passed through without any trouble but why isn't basketball going to be just like football it might be it very well could and be you've got some teams that are they just going to carte blanche move everybody or, or you know it did to me we're lining up for a similar argument with basketball because you have teams that are not competitive, and you talk about competitive balance. There's team. There's a team in 5A North girls that has not won a game all season. So, you know, do they petition to go down? I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, and, and just I know you know this, but just for our, our listening audience, it's a two-year realignment cycle, so they will include last year as well as this year. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. What do you... What do you do about the teams that are in in basketball struggling that need to need to be moved down or vice versa probably should be, be moved up. And, you know, I'm not going to spend another 20 minutes hashing out what, what could and couldn't be done. Um, At this point, I, I I feel like suggesting answers is only going to lead to (laughs) further discussion that steers away from an eventual result,
1: uh, which is just
0: frankly, Sad to say, well, that some allowed, at some
1: I point guess. we got to get rid of this consensus and just make a decision, and move on. I mean, come on, right? Just right. go play. And, and you know,
0: what's the, isn't there's got to be, I, and I may I may be butchering this, but there's there's got to be some like age old phrase of like stick ten people in a room. I bet you can't get them to agree on anything. <laughs> like, do you like do do we think we can get all eleven people to agree that gravity exists? Like, is is the sky blue? You know what I mean? Like, are we gonna is there any level of compromise to? Uh, where's the compromise? Just, just somebody, somebody make some compromises here, because when you got representatives from the South saying "f you" to the North, not literally, but for you know, pretty much, and then people in the North don't want to budge on other things, it's just not going to get anywhere. And it's it, honestly, it's a little embarrassing to watch. It's it's tough to watch. It's tough to cover. Um, it's a little sad and. I think that's all I gotta. I gotta say about that. You just listen to. I mean, that was a two-day meeting, and I know the whole thing wasn't about realignment. They saved it to the second day, but that's fourteen hours. And that was
1: really the reason, though. Just I mean, that's what the, the anticipation thing. was: is is making a decision and being able to go forward. And at so, this point, three A doesn't even know what to do.
0: Yeah, for those of you keeping track at home, that's now three meetings just for fall sports realignment obviously two realignment and one board of control, but that's now three meetings where proposals have been proposed and everything gets tabled.
1: What seemed like a legitimate argument for moving down based on previous results and previous use of the metrics was denied, just flat mm-hmm. out denied, no vote, no nothing. So that that's it's yes. just...
0: Yeah, and for the, so now it's just to make sure everybody's on the same page here. This will now go back. This has now been sent back to the realignment committee, which means they will need to vote on something, ideally approve something, and then it will have to go back to Board of Control for a final approval. Uh, the realignment committee does not have final say here. But I think I'm going to leave yep. the NIAA stuff at that and move on to uh, basketball. On the Douglas side of things, both the boys and girls were able to pick up wins um, over Damani Ranch Friday evening. The girls beat Damani 41-27, if I'm not mistaken, while the boys picked up a 62-43 win there. Uh, Douglas put together two big quarters on the boys' side, 16-8 to in the first quarter and 23-8 to in the third quarter. If my math is correct, that's 15-8, 23, 23 plus 5. They were up by 28 points at the end of the third quarter. Um, they got outscored 15-6 to six in the fourth, but uh, it was pretty much all she wrote at that point. 62-43 final, if I hadn't said that already. Tiger boys had three players in double figures. Thomas McDowell, 6-10 of from the floor with 14 points. Theo Reed and J.C. Reed, both with 13 points for Douglas there. J.C. Reed, 5-9. of nine. Theo Reed, six of eight from the four. Pretty efficient night from the field as Douglas shot 51% as a team. Mighty impressive. No, no double doubles or anything there. McDowell had seven rebounds and three assists. Kyle Koontz picked up seven boards for uh, the Tigers as well. Otherwise, Theo Reed continued to do his thing on the glass. Four boards, four blocks, uh, had two steals as well. Trace Estes swiped uh, three steals also. Unfortunately, no results yet for the girls' side of things, so I don't have any results for the podcast. We'll have, hopefully, results for the print edition there. And then, Jeff, you were out at Carson at Reno Saturday, uh, where the Huskies continued to show why they might be the uh, top team in Northern Nevada, 5A girls' basketball, beating Carson 65-20. to uh, they They've I don't believe they've lost a league game yet at this point. Which leaves pretty much them and Minogue way out in front right now on the girls' side of things. Yeah, Reno's fifteen and five, and nine and zero um, in league play this year. They are in front of Minogue, who is nine and one, and and then in third with uh, quite the turnaround this season. If I do say so myself, Spanish Springs is six and four uh, in league play. I don't think they even made the playoffs last year. So something to uh, definitely keep an eye on there in in girls basketball. But we are. I guess now turning turn into the second or starting midway through the second portion of uh, the league slate here. Uh, obviously, it's pretty easy for Carson Douglas folks to tell with basketball. Once once they play each other, you know we're heading into the, the second side of the league slate. Um, of course, we do have games coming up this week. Uh, I believe, Jeff, we were talking about this either right at the beginning of the podcast or just before uh, we officially started taping. But Douglas is at home on Tuesday. They will take on Reed on both the boys and girls side of things before traveling away to McQueen for another league match Friday evening. And then for Carson, they will go at Galena Tuesday and then at Reno Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, there before taking on Damani Ranch at home uh, Saturday afternoon. Should be two. Two afternoon games there, and uh, probably probably ones you want to get to on the boys' side. Let's see if the the Carson boys can kind of get get a little little extra pip in their step. They had some really good results there, and the last couple of weeks haven't quite seen seen those same results. So I'm curious to see if they can they can find uh, find a little rhythm here in the the latter half of the season. Because right now, if we're looking at the uh, boys' standings. There, I believe the Senators are going to be on the outside looking in of the playoff race. Of course, Spanish Springs sitting at a perfect 10 and 0 in 5A North. I really cannot understate or overstate just how impressive it is that they are one of the best teams in the North every single year. Um, I know that Sparks in that area kind of continues to grow, but that doesn't mean that the talent's just going to show up. The it's it says a lot about coaching and the youth programs that uh, Nate Penny and you know I'm sure a whole bunch of other people have been involved with, um, but I do do feel like I got to give give some props there. Of course, Douglas is in second. He they are tied with Bishop Minogue at seven and three, uh, but do have uh, a win over the Miners there. Reno six and three, so they are right on the heels. The two through four seed could be very interesting. And of course, with that being said, (laughs) doesn't get any uh, doesn't get any more clear down in the bottom half of these standings as uh, Demonte Ranch and McQueen sit at five and six. uh, Excuse me, the five and six seeds. They are both four and six in league play there. Hopefully that wasn't too confusing to hear. Uh, Reed is seventh at three and six. So they are right on the heels. Carson sitting there in eighth at two and eight. And then Galena is one and nine in league play there. So Carson needs is going to need to pick up some ground here. Got a couple gonna, going to be in need of a couple wins. Excuse me. But uh, those are definitely on the docket and on the schedule. If you can just, if they can figure out a way to kind of look like they have in some of these other games, you know, that win over Damani is a is a prime example. They've they've got it. They've shown they've they've got it on on certain nights. They just gotta find a way to be a little more consistent. And uh, I promise, I don't mean that in the same way that I talk about the NIAA inconsistency. <laughs> no, not not popping off any jokes there. That's just a matter of, of high school basketball. Sometimes you just gotta gotta find that consistency and get people a mesh, and that can be easier said than done. Otherwise, I. Think that's gonna do it for episode sixty one, Jeff? Unless there's anything else you got. Um, you, I, 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 I guess just had to give you a moment to talk about your Niners. Oh yeah, I mean, I was gonna ask if you had any thoughts on Juventus. So uh, in the in the soccer world, that was a story I only picked up because it made me think of you and made me think what what you might think. Uh, niners look good. Uh, Eagles, I don't know, but the Niners were always making the NFC Championship game. That was never a doubt in my mind after the way they've been playing. You know, went 12 in a row now. It's
1: Good, 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 good. Not that I followed, but we were out to dinner last night, and it was on the TV, so everybody behind me was cheering. So, Yeah, I'm sure I've made this joke plenty of
0: times on here before. Uh, American football is Jeff's favorite sport. Be sure to talk to him about it any chance you get. Uh, Absolutely, his his favorite sport there. Uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals might be for real, for real. Everybody keeps talking about the Bills and Josh Allen, well. (laughs) look out for uh, Joe Shiesty because once again, the Bengals are headed back to the AFC championship and we'll see how healthy Patrick Mahomes looks. He was basically playing on one leg for three quarters last week and listening to Tony Romo on the broadcast Sunday morning for the Bills Bengals game. He's talking about how depending on obviously severity of the grade of high sprain, high ankle sprain, but given how much Mahomes played on it after the fact and how much his adrenaline is probably running, who knows how swollen and how much he, weight he's able to put on that, that leg at all this week. So we'll see. Uh, that is not my own reporting. That is Tony Romo. For those of you who haven't, haven't heard that name before. Lots of cold, Otherwise,
1: that's a cold yeah. whirlpool for that leg.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully for, for them, it was looked like it was a chilly, chilly day out. So maybe helped, helped with some of that, that swelling, but Anyways, two two great games coming up next weekend for the NFC and AFC Championship game. Assuming pro football is something you can still stomach after all the things that have happened in football recently, I can't blame anybody one way or the other. Uh, I just still happen to watch it. But don't get me wrong, there's still a little bit of guilt there for sure. <laughs> Anyways, I'm si- I'm going on too many tangents now. I've probably opened up a Pandora's box of things I could talk about at this point. So that's going to do it for... Episode 61. Thanks as always to uh, my producer, Jeff Mulvahill Jr. of InstaImage.com. You can also check out our Douglas photographer, Ron Harpin, his work online at RAHPhotosNV.com as well. And of course, NevadaPeel.com backslash news backslash sports. So you can find all of our coverage. Otherwise, thanks for listening and we will catch you guys next week. Take it easy.